Welcome to Wandering in Hope. Now here's Madisonville Church of God pastor, Josh Benson. Hello everybody. I hope you're doing well out there in cyberspace today. We're gonna to move on to the final segment where we're talking about the Bible as the voice of God. I'm gonna read from Matthew chapter 13. This is a parable that Jesus tells about wheat and weeds. Um, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about how the parables bring us into the kingdom of... like how the parables help merge our lives with the kingdom of God. Alright, let's, let's read a little bit. Matthew 13 verse 1 says, "...that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake." Large crowds gathered around him, so he got in a boat and he sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Here we go. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Now other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Listen. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, not to them. Now, let me stop right there. Remember what I told you about how Scripture is not just the dissemination of information. Anybody with critical reading skills can read Scripture. There's sinner people out there that have good critical reading skills that can read Hebrew poetry better than some Christians. But why won't it change their life? It won't change their life because they don't know the secret. It's the believers who should know the secret. And the secret is not just reading Scripture well to tap into its resource for our full potential, but the secret is that we know that the Bible is the voice of God. Okay, uh, I'm going to carry on. Verse 12. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, listen, listen, listen. He says, though they see, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Okay, I'm going to meddle just for a minute, and you got to forgive me. I'm so sorry. I grew up around the prophetic movement. There's a lot of prophetic stuff out there. A lot of people reading Revelation, reading apocalyptic literature, reading, you know, the Son of Man stuff out of Daniel, and the list goes on. 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15. 
Second uh, Thessalonians, uh, you know, most of Second Thessalonians, um, especially two and three chapters. Um, and they come up with all these really crazy, crafty ideas. I'm like, man, I wish I was that smart. That I could come up with this big, huge, complicated, crazy equation. Brilliant. If your theology is so convoluted that it takes the normal person out of the realm of possibly ever tapping into it, that's probably not the point of Scripture. Scripture was never meant to be a codified book. It was never meant to be a hidden treasure that, you know, four or five people over the course of a hundred years would tap into these crazy convoluted equations and complex explanations about the end of time and all this other bunch of jazz. I tell my people at church, I say, when you, when you listen to people talk about the book of Revelation, I could care less about who they think the Antichrist is. Are they telling me, are they explaining to me how the book of Revelation should impact my life ethically, that's when I'll start listening. I know, golly, man, I'm on the soapbox. I'm going to stay on it for like 60 more seconds and we'll move on. Um, I, I get a kick out of people, you know, when I teach Revelation stuff because they'll come and apocalyptic literature like the book of Revelation, that was my love when I was in grad school. I fell in love with it. If I'd went on and done my doctorate work and stuff, that's where I would have lived. I would have lived in that apocalyptic house. What is the point of apocalyptic literature? John Collins says this, and he's right. He's dead on the nail. He says, apocalyptic literature allows us to see our world through the lens of the world above us. So, and you see this. You see it's stamped all over the face of the book of Revelation. The saints are saying, why? Why we suffer? And so God brings John up into that other world so that he can look back down into his world and see his world from God's perspective. But there's so much teaching and preaching on prophecy in the Pentecostal church today and it's all from our perspective looking up with these complex equations about who's going to be this and this is when this is going to happen. You know, 50 years ago the Antichrist was the Pope and now it's, you know, some Islamic leader and it's, you know, Russia's going to do this and man, I don't care nothing about it. All that's a waste of time. Tell me how I hear the voice of God through the book of Revelation and I encounter the glory of God. Tell me how I see the vindication of God throughout all of history in the book of Revelation that causes me to enter in to God's play, to God's drama, to become a character on God's stage and connect in conversation with the Lord. Show me how that the book of Revelation as this complex symbology actually in very simple terms connects me to the glory of God in my life. And if you can show me that, then I'll subscribe to your podcast. Is that fair? So this is, this is a good point about what I'm saying. Jesus is saying in His parable, basically, if you're going to hear the voice of God through my teaching, it doesn't just come through words. It comes through connecting with the presence of God in your life. That's what makes a person right. That's what makes life worth living. That's what makes tomorrow a lot of fun. All right. Finish this up. Jesus in parables. So what are the parables? The parables 
are illustrations of the kingdom of God. That's what I think. Um, if you want to read more on that, you could read C.H. Uh, Dodd's stuff about parables. Uh, most recently, Daryl Bach, I think, has done some good stuff. Daryl Bach's a New Testament guy. He's done some work, Luke Acts, and but his his latest bit on the parables as uh, as illustrations of the kingdom of God are really good. I want to share some of that with you. When I preach, one of the first things that I do, I read the text. That's the first thing that I'll do. I get right to the text. Say, Pastor, why? Because everything that we're doing is coming from that one text. All right? So I read the text. We stand, we read the text in reverence. Then we have prayer. God, help me to process this. Commit it to my life. Let it affect change. And then I tell an illustration. Why do you do that? Because what I have learned, and this you know, it's no big secret or anything, the illustration is a practical flashpoint for folks to identify with. So when I tell that illustration, they immediately get the point of my sermon and they connect with it. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's like real world for me. I get that. And then they have connected, not just on the level of hearing and intellect, but emotionally, they have connected with whatever my big idea is that I'm wanting to preach about. Okay? It draws them into the sermon. Alright? So they connect with it on a personal level. Well, this is what Jesus does in His preaching and teaching. This is what Jesus does through the parables that we read. Alright? So that why you say, why is that, Pastor? Why is it that way? Because God's goal in us reading the words of Jesus is that we connect to that grander reality that is, that is God. Alright? Okay, so, you know, there are folks that will water down Scripture to a set of rules. They'll water down the kingdom. They'll say, a lot of times in church you'll hear people when they talk about the kingdom of God, what they really are referencing, what they really are talking about is the church. They're talking about all those people Sunday morning warming the pews at uh, Massville Church of God that you'll see. That's who they're talking about. The church is the kingdom of God. Well, the kingdom of God is not, is, it's not summed up by the church. The kingdom of God is a lot bigger than the church. Alright? Bach says this. Let me read just a little bit. He says, I would argue that the kingdom, at least in some of its dimensions, is bigger than the church. It has a claim on the world. I love that. I'm going to say that again. Daryl Bach says that the kingdom of God has a claim on the world. Think about that. That's really cool. In fact, that claim is part of the premise for preaching the kingdom and taking that message into the world. When John and Jesus announce the kingdom's arrival, it is not merely a place where people are called out of the world to come. It's not just church. It is also a reality whose shadow and presence extends to fill the creation, making it imperative that every soul responds to its coming. Okay, let me sum this up for you. Jesus brings the Word in the form of a parable. The reason that He does that is because the parable is a story. The story is meant to elicit a response from you where you identify with a character. Go read the prodigal son and imagine yourself as the prodigal. Then read it again and imagine yourself as the father. Then read it again and 
I know, we're going to read the prodigal son a lot this week. Then read it again and imagine yourself as the brother. Alright? So this is what the Word of God does. This is what the Scripture does. The Scripture beckons to us and it calls us to become characters in God's divine play. That's, you know, if you ever wanted to be an actor in Hollywood, forget Hollywood. Be an actor in the kingdom. <laughs> it may not pay as good down here right now, but the glory of it is that we connect with God for all of eternity. I believe that Scripture as a whole represents God's glory and it's bigger than the church. It's bigger than what I think I did today that might have made me a better person or a worse person. Scripture is the voice of God. And I hope that when you read it, that you'll have to reckon with God's call on your life. And that you'll have to take up your script. And you'll have to stand on stage and start participating in God's history. Because history is His story. This is Pastor Josh signing off. Have a blessed day. Catch us next time.